The Lost Dream All my life, I had heard the neighbors talk about the bands of gypsies that roamed the world living a carefree, happy life. A different people, different in looks, in language, in custom. They wandered the, across the land and were looked upon with suspicion and fear by those of the workaday world. Every year, they came through the eastern shore of Virginia, but somehow I had never seen them. My imagination ran wild as I pictured these marvelous people. No schoolwork to do, no house cleaning, no work of any kind, just a campfire under the trees with lots of time for sing and dance. I always thought of that old Irish folk song, The Gypsy Rover. In that song, everything was splendid, for the gypsy owned a castle and had many servants, so I dreamed that all gypsies had lovely homes, and I decided that they wandered about just to see the world. Most folks on the shore pictured the gypsies as robbers and thieves, or even kidnappers. If anything was missing after the gypsies went through, you could be sure they had taken it. Perhaps a horse disappeared from the pasture. The gypsies had stolen him in the night. If some meat was missing from the smokehouse, those awful gypsies must have been there. Many merchants told stories of how the gypsies came in to buy food and managed to steal more than they bought. I discounted most of these stories and kept my gypsy dream. One hot summer day when I was about nine, I heard that a band of gypsies was coming up the main county road from Accomack. I was filled with excitement and anticipation to see a real live gypsy at last. It wasn't until late that evening that someone told me the gypsies had made camp for the night in a nearby grove of trees across the road from our farm. Of course, I wanted to run down and see them, and Dad finally said I could go if I promised not to cross the road. Out the barnyard gate I dashed, by the orchard, down the farm lane, all the way to the big ditch where the wild strawberries grew, and then across our field to the county road. Sure enough, there was a bright campfire beneath the green pines, and over the fire hung a large black kettle. The women all wore skirts and blouses, but what skirts they were! The prettiest one was dark blue with multicolored stripes running around it, orange and red, light blue and gold. Another skirt was made of a dark red fabric and trimmed with blue around the hemline. Today, I would probably see these garments as flashy, but then, to my childhood eyes, they were beautiful indeed. The men were dressed in dark shirts and dark trousers, not at all like the colorful garb the women wore. The two caravan wagons were over to one side, and both were decorated with painted flowers and designs. Finally, one of the children saw me, and she came over to say hello. Our tomato patch was nearby, and she wanted to know if they could have some tomatoes for their supper. Of course, I said yes, so she ran back across the road and returned with two small wicker baskets. One of the women came back with her, and they gathered the tomatoes very carefully, one by one, never crushing or harming the plants. 
When the small baskets were full, they thanked me over and over, their dark eyes sparkling. I went home that evening with my gypsy dream unchanged. Their life seemed ideal, carefree, and beautiful. It was many years before I remember seeing gypsies again, and this time I saw them with the eyes of an adult. It was a shock to see how dirty they were and how hungry the children looked and how little the grown-ups seemed to care. Their wagons were not beautiful. They were dull and drab, and their clothes were worn and gaudy. Now I could see that they had much work to do, cleaning, washing, cooking, and moving. Theirs was not a carefree existence after all. They had to struggle the same as the rest of us, No castle awaited their return. They had no homes to shut out the winter's chill. The dream may be gone, but somehow the human heart still longs to follow the whistling gypsy rover.